Welcome to Enviropod, a chance to catch up with all the good things your Department of Public Works and Environmental Services does to maintain and improve the environment in Fairfax County. I'm your host, Bob DeMarco, and on this edition of the podcast, I'm speaking with Danielle Wynn, Ecologist 4 with the Stormwater Management Division, about the award-winning Revitalize, Restore, and Replant program. Danielle, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me today. Sure. Well, the obvious question is, what is Revitalize, Restore, and Replant? Yeah, so Revitalize, Restore, Replant, we call it R3 for short, so I just started using that. It is a program that we actually work with schools, and we um, we install native plants on school campuses, and we do this with students. So it's not that we go in and install the plants ourselves. It's actually a program where the students help decide where the planting should be and also um, actually do the installation themselves. That gives them a little bit more ownership, and we do a lot of explaining why do we use native plants and what's the purpose of the whole program itself. So native plants do a great job actually helping to improve our environment. They do a great job helping to improve infiltration on the property if there's any kind of issues that way. And also just really beautifies the school. Um, It promotes pollinators. It does a lot of great things on the school property. So is the whole idea to do this on school properties or does this uh, expand out beyond schools? Right now we're focusing on schools entirely. This could definitely be done anywhere by anyone. It's just what we're doing right now is simply working with schools. And if we can work with Title I schools, that's kind of what we prefer to do. What? uh, How was this need identified? Sure. That's a great question. So a few years ago, it was myself and one of the other colleges I work with, Chris Mueller, who was with our maintenance group. And we were invited to Mantua Elementary School to take a look at some of their um, bioretentions or the rain gardens. Um, to see what could be done. They basically, a rain garden or a bioretention is just an area that is in the environment that we have kind of constructed to help absorb some of the extra water that is around the campus, either from too much impervious surface, a surface that water can't flow into, or it's just like a mucky, muddy area. So the purpose of those is to try to, again, contain some of the extra water and infiltrate into the ground. One of the key components of that is plants, because plants do a great job taking up extra water or that just their roots are amazing and just allow that water to actually soak into the ground. But a lot of the um, rain gardens on this campus was taken over by weeds and it was just either grass or weeds. And the teacher there wanted to utilize the area as more of a learning opportunity. And we're like, well, that's a great idea. Um, One of the other benefits was the rain gardens are actually stormwater property. So we can kind of do what we want there. It wasn't like an issue where we had to always work with schools, facilities, and sometimes, you know, they would say yes or no to things. But these facilities are ours. So we were able to actually just kind of go in and help update those facilities and improve them by including the native plants um, that they should have had. Now, they work perfectly fine without them, but to give them kind of top, you know, the best opportunity, those plants really help them. So we decided to try it out. We gave it, um, we had a pilot group with Mantua Elementary School and with Braddock Elementary School where we had our maintenance group come help us and clean them all out to kind of give us a blank slate. And then we were able to get some plants. And with the students' help, we planted about 300 um, native plants at each facility for that one. So it was great. It kind of started off that way. A lot of lessons learned (laughs) since the beginning. Um, but it was a really good opportunity. And for some some of the kids, they've never planted before. You know, like they've mm-hmm. never gone their hands dirty. They had no idea how plants worked or how planting worked. 
So I just love that kind of aha moment, too, when we're doing the program. And that's one of the reasons that I do what I do anyway, is just to give that, that like, ah, like, that's why that works kind of moment for science. So it's wonderful. I mentioned up front that, uh, well, we're talking about revitalize, restore, replant. But I'm also speaking with someone who works for the Stormwater Management Division. What are the dangers of stormwater? I mean, the, the 11 uh, years I've worked here at the county, it's, it's always been a major, major issue, stormwater management. Um, these the, these uh, meadows that you're talking about that mm-hmm. you're planting are there for stormwater management. What are the dangers of it is, I guess, what I'm getting at. Sure. So let's, like, let's back up and say, like, what is stormwater? Yeah. So stormwater is just the water from a storm. So like science actually named a word right. It literally is just water from a storm. And stormwater is totally normal and natural. And even when it rains in a forested area, you're going to have about 10% of that water is going to run off. And we call that stormwater runoff. And the issues that we have in Fairfax County is we have a lot of impervious surfaces or surfaces that water can't flow through. So since we have a lot of impervious surface and a lot less pervious surfaces that water would flow through, we have a lot less land that water can just normally go through anymore. So we have this kind of volume problem in Fairfax County. We have a lot of um, we can have more flooding, just a lot less land for water to go anymore. We also have a velocity issue. So this issue where we used to pipe streams or concrete streams. So we really wanted to get water away from a building or away from you know infrastructure as fast as possible. But when that really fast-moving water leaves that pipe or leaves that concrete and it hits our natural stream systems, it causes a lot of erosion. So what stormwater management is, is actually trying to help mitigate that extra volume and velocity a stormwater runoff that we created by putting all this impervious surface on the ground. So that's stormwater management in a nutshell. Okay, so you enlist students for this program. For this program, yes. So we use a lot of, um, you know, what are they called, like student activists almost. Mm-hmm. Um, usually what happens is we have a, a champion from that school that contacts us um, and they say, hey, you know, we'd love to do a program with you. We'd love to make it outside. Or sometimes it's, hey, you know, Danielle or others, we have this area in our courtyard that's just muddy all the time or that we can't grow anything. Is there something that you can do to help? And, you know, if we go out there, excuse me, and it's, you know, a good site, we're like, hey, actually what you need are plants. So let's help you with this. And with schools being a little strapped for money all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's nice that we can provide this as a free service for schools where we come in, you know, we can prep the site. And then we bring in, you know, a few hundred to a few thousand plants. And with the students' help, we get them all installed. And it makes it makes a huge difference, um, you know, with that kind of microecology in that location. Let's talk about what these areas, these planted areas look like. What are the plants going in there? And how do invasive species, which gets mentioned a lot on the show, how do those work into this? Sure, that's a great question, too. So what do they look like? So usually when we... Um, Right before we do a planting, we get our land tilled <clears throat> because we've learned that over years with lots of little feet, they will often be walking everywhere and they just compact the soil. So basically, the soil has, it, it's just hard or as hard as concrete almost. So we have a tiller that comes through where sometimes we actually have to have like a, a Kubota that comes in and breaks the soil. Like it's some schools are pretty extreme. So we have a really fresh just kind of soil that's ready for us to go. Once we're there and once that's done, we usually install about five or six species of plants. Um, There's a few typical ones. And recently, we're trying to also install plants that correspond to the school's colors. 
So just trying to make it, again, a little bit more um, individual, a little bit more like, oh, that that's great. Like, we're doing good for the environment, but we're also kind of showcasing the school themselves. When we do installations, we do them in big groups per species. So, for example, if we had just like a circle, we would cut into five different, you know, slices of pie, and then each species would be in that slice. The reason we do that is because the schools are going to be maintaining them. So it's good for them and it's easier for them to recognize if it's not this species, it's a weed. So it just makes everything a little bit easier for them. And also during the winter and the fall when things aren't blooming, it's kind of hard to figure out if this is, you know, a milkweed or a juncus or is it a weed. And when we do the installations, we do plant them a little tighter than you normally would. So that kind of helps crowd out any, you know, possible invasive species that are coming in. And then lastly, what we've been doing recently is we work with solid waste and we actually get some of their free mulch and we're able to get that free mulch delivered to the school. So with all of those things together, um, it, it reduces the chance of invasive species. But the schools are responsible for like the, the upkeep mm-hmm. of those sites. And how do you see uh, the wildlife um the fauna responding. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, even before things are planted, you know, if we have like a few hundred plants sitting in pots waiting to go, you'll see the butterflies and the insects, you know, already attracted to these locations. So it's it's really incredible that, you know, just the monoculture of grass, and I understand that that's what we're used to and that's what we love, but having these plants, this variety of plants, really attracts, you know, both insects and um you know, all kinds of different creatures that also are attracted to the spot. So it's really impressive how fast nature kind of finds these plantings. And we always do install milkweed of some kind because all schools are really focused on uh, monarch butterflies and the pollinator aspect of it. So if anything, we always create these kind of lovely kind of monarch way stations for that school. So it's amazing to see kind of the, the transformation from either like a muddy thing or just plain grass to this, you know, lush landscape that is thriving and alive the way it should have been. So benefits to the school, benefits to the um, the greater environment in the community. But also you have to imagine there's a psychological um, benefit that comes to the students and the teachers and faculty there that they now have this beautiful meadow spot. We here at the government center uh, they planted, they, I'm not even sure, probably your department it was us. <laughs> <laughs> planted a beautiful pollinator meadow mm-hmm. in the back, I don't know, six years ago, something like that. And I love it. It reminds me of where I grew up, actually. I love going back there. Um, so I would imagine for students with the mounting stress and everything else that comes with being a teenager these days or a student these days, going out to a pollinator meadow, if possible, to to unwind, there's got to be some benefit in that too. Yeah, just getting outside and just seeing a little bit of nature and just kind of calming down, um, you know, it's it's hugely beneficial. So a lot of groups will use it to talk about science, but also, you know, our classes will use it to come out and do some investigations and some drawings. You can use it for social sciences to talk about the different species. You can use it for um, art, uh, sorry, for math, because there's actually a lot of math that goes into, like, how flowers are developed. So a lot of different groups can utilize them as well. But if anything, it's just a peaceful place to kind of go outside and just be quiet for a minute and listen to that nature that we miss sometimes. Describe what these events, these replanting events are actually like. They sound like fun. (laughs) They're they're managed chaos, right? (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. Um, 
So what happens is we will, so the day before we do a tilling, so again, breaking up that ground just because it's super compacted. And then we also have all the plants delivered. Um, the plants can be as little as 300 this past fall. We've had plantings of more than 2,000 at a time um, over two days. So it just depends on how kind of how big is that planting. So it's tilling and it's getting the plants to the right location. And then in the morning, we kind of prep the way we talked about earlier, where we kind of draw out with paint with like this species is going to go here and that species is going to go there. And we also pre-drill the holes that the students are going to be installing. That way the students can be um, really focused on getting the plants in the ground as opposed to digging holes. So we have drills with augers, and we drill. It's about like 90% there most of the time. So the kids have to do, you know, a little bit of work to get the plants in there. But And then we also lay them out where they should be. So we dig the hole, we put the plant in the hole, and it's like, okay, those are the plants that you're installing. Um, so the students come out. We actually, this past year, because we had such big plantings, is two, we had a few 2,000 ones, so it's a little bit more chaotic, a little bit more students than normal. So we actually created a video that the students and teachers could play ahead of time to explain what is this program? You know, what is an R3? What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? And how to install a plant? So again, not all of the kids have ever installed a plant. Like it's still kind of new to them. So it's, you know, how do you get out of the pot? You know, how high should the plant, should the plant be cut the ground? And how do you tuck the plant in? So... Hopefully they watch that video, and then when they come out, we do a quick, like, reminder how to get the plants out of the pot. We set them free for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes, depends on the class, and then there's a certain amount of plants that are out there for the class to install. Um, usually, it's usually like five or six plants per kid. Hmm. What have you witnessed in terms of how um, the students react to this activity? Oh, it, it's it's really incredible. Again, it's it makes me a little sad that some of these kids have never had the experience to go outside or get their hands dirty. And I, I get it. It's not for everyone. But there's so many kind of aha moments of, like, getting your hands dirty and just, like, taking a plant out and, like, seeing the root systems there. We also had the opportunity during these to often work with um, some learning disabled or autistic children. And they they really, really do so well with these plantings. There's something for them about... Um, just being quiet and touching the plants. Um, I can't remember what school it was, but we had a group of, of students come out, and I was working with one one student individual, and we planted some milkweeds together. And, like, we were just kind of talking back and forth. When I was done, the teacher came up to me and said, you know what, this kid hasn't said more than two words this entire wow. entire school year, and he was talking to you, you know. So it's that connection that's something about plants and getting their hands dirty. They really connect to, and it's really wonderful to see. This is an awful pun, but it's grounding. It's I, grounding. I, and I know that's awful. I'm, I'm going to sure use that. It comes up in your field. Um, <clears throat> I would like you to credit me every time you do I use will. It, I promise. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, there is there is something about, um, well, any sort of contact with nature is restorative, but um, – you know, getting down and getting dirty, um, there's nothing like it. I, I actually crave the the fall because I know um, it's not just mowing the lawn like usual. It's you're out there raking and I don't know. It's more of a commitment. It's not a big deal and it's not planting. But still, yeah. I understand that connection and, and how it can how it set you back uh, to, the, to the right spot. Sure. I mean, sometimes you have to get dirty to save the world. So that's kind of what we're doing here. 
So how do schools get involved with this program? So typically we've had, um, we have a website with all the different programs that my group does, and there's just a contact information there, and it just sends us an email to saying like, hey, we're interested in this particular program, and we, this R3 program is one of like 10 or 12 that we offer. Um, once we get that information, we will um, go back to the school and kind of do some investigations just to make sure that it actually is an appropriate site for us to do this program in. And we'll kind of put them on the list. We only do plantings in the spring and in the fall. We only can manage about four or five schools per fall and per spring, um, depending on how big they are. This year we did two middle schools. And no, sorry, we did three middle schools and a high school. So because those have two days of classes, it's it's a lot of planting. So Mm. probably four for those kind of days. Um, But that's, that's pretty much how you do. You just give us a call, send us an email. Um, we will check it out with you and then, you know, get you on the list. What would you like to see this program? Uh, how how would you like to see this program evolve in the future? Oh, I want to see I would love an R3 at every school just so every kid, which is never going to happen. But, you know, again, I love that opportunity. What I really would love to do and what we're trying to do is when we go to conferences now, we do talk about this program because it's easily adaptable to anyone. It, it doesn't have to be obviously here in Fairfax. But because we've had so many lessons learned, I mean, anything from what drill to use to what plants to use to the idea of tilling and mulch, which we didn't know at the very beginning. Um, you know, we really hope that other localities are able to do something similar with their students and kind of spread that that fun and that idea to other areas in the county or the areas in the country, rather. Yeah, I was I was thinking that, and I was also thinking uh, it's scalable within the county too. You know, oh, yeah. you get all the you get all the schools taken care of, and you move on to the. I mean, there's the governmental a, offices. <laughs> there are 156 schools. I'm not quite oh. sure if we're ever going to quite get to all of them, <laughs> but you know, we'll try. Well, it sounds like a great way to also combat the creeping um, issues of of stormwater management, especially in a place like Fairfax that is constantly developing and <clears throat> building, and and so there are more and more impervious surfaces. Mm-hmm. Danielle, thank you so much for thank coming you. on the podcast. It's a, it was a pleasure to meet you, and this is a really interesting program. Uh, people need to check it out. I appreciate it so much. Take care. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to EnviroPod. If you want to get more information on the Fairfax County Department of Public Works and Environmental Services and all that it does, go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash publicworks or call 703-324-5033 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on EnviroPod, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.